0: Well, if you're here in the auditorium, take your Bibles. We're in James chapter number one. And uh, thank you, Brother Larry. We are continuing in our series and the lesson's a little bit shorter. I wanted to make sure we had time to cover our care group uh, meeting and uh, talk a little bit about what care groups are. I hope you're excited and getting involved in those. It'll be a great time for our church, uh, strengthening of of those that are a part of our uh, body of believers here Today, we're going to continue with this matter of living an authentic Christian life, and I think we need to be real Christians. Uh, very important that we understand this, and we're going to look at a couple of verses here in James chapter number one. Look at verse number four. The Bible says, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing... If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. Uh, a couple of great verses here as we think about a, an authentic presence. Uh, I, I know this. I need God in my life. And I know if you are a child of God, you need the Lord in your life too. And it's one thing to know the the Lord, but it's another thing to have His presence in your life. And this is something all of us desire because as we're saved by the grace of God, the salvation is the beginning of the Christian life. But once we are saved, there should be this transformation process that continues to happen in our lives. Uh, We could all say, if you were true this morning, that we are a work under construction, right? Uh, I don't think anybody's there yet. The Apostle Paul said, I've not yet apprehended. Uh, If he was the great Christian that he was and realized that there was still so much in the Christian life, but Paul understood this, that when we get saved, that life changes. Uh, He wrote to those in Corinth, said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Uh, Old things are passed away, behold all things are become new. And so what a wonderful thought this morning as we think about the life that God's given to us as He saves us, then what God wants us to do is to continue to allow God to work in us and through us. And that's what the lesson is about this morning is uh, allowing, as it says here in James chapter 1 and verse 4, this matter of patience to have her perfect work. Now, that's what God says here. And you think about this, it's really a lifelong process of allowing patience to have a work, a perfect work in us. God is working. Well, why is He working in our lives? Because He wants to make Himself known, and God wants us to understand what His will is for our lives. Certainly, God's will for my life would be different than God's will for your life. Now, God wills that all would be saved. But once we are saved, God has a purpose for us being saved and He wants to transform us. Well, into what? Into His own image is what the Word of God says. Into His likeness. Well, how do we do that? We have to yield ourselves to Him on a daily basis. Every day of our lives, we have to get up and say, Lord, not my will, but Thine be done today. Lord, what would You have for me today today? As your child. And God will show us. God will help us. See, to live the Christian life means to live under Christ's ruling. The Bible says there in Galatians 4:19 that God's goal for our lives is that Christ would be formed in us. How many of you want to be more like Jesus? I hope everybody's hands up this morning. Uh, That's what this world needs is some real, genuine Christians. Well, the only way we could be more like Christ is to have God's presence in our lives on a daily basis. We have to do this. Well, how do we do that? Again, to live under Christ's ruling. Now, a lot of people struggle with authority. You know, uh, it's my life, I'm going to live it how I want. But a, a born again believer realizes we've been bought with a price and that we ought, yes, ma'am. Well, a lot of times i I've never heard anybody say it that, oh, heard it that way. Yeah, I know, but what I'm saying is is that you know again, you have to understand the word patience. A lot of times when we think in English language, we just think of the way things are defined. you know, a lot of times we're talking about patience the duration to to be up underneath of something and certainly the only way that you and i can go through that is that we are under god's ruling that it is him working through us if we try the truth is we can't endure we can't you know we we go through those if we go through them in our own strength or in in the flesh we're not going to make it through that's why we need the lord You know, and that's what even a lot of Christians over the years have tried to do that. They've tried to go it alone. You know, I just recently spent some time with some of the men of our church and I said the same thing. I said, men are so prideful that they don't want to ask for help. They don't want, they don't, they don't, they don't even want to go to God. And certainly I think the first place all of us should go when we're going through a trying time in our lives is to go to the Lord first, but then God gives you Christian brothers and sisters that as you're going through it, that's again, that's another great illustration of the care groups is we don't have to go through it alone. You know, asking for is not asking for a trial. no, I mean, I, I, I don't you know, the reality is, is that if I'm saved, uh, I know that as I as I go through certain things, the, the sheer evidence that, you know, sometimes I, I, I do something or maybe God just chooses to bring chastening in my life. And uh, you know, that, that is evidence that I am one of his children because to whom he loves, he chastens. But I don't wake up in the morning going, what can I do to get in trouble so God can chasten me today? You know? but, but it happens sometimes. And the same thing in our lives is, is God brings trials. Now, again, we always think negatively. We always think a, a, a bad thing when it comes to trials. And that's oftentimes the way we look at them when we're going through them. But the reality is, is that God uses those trials in our lives because he's trying to make us into what he wants us to be. It's like the old struggle of the caterpillar and the butterfly, you know, that's right. You know, so, so there has to be, you know, it's like the little kid that saw the caterpillar struggling and basically helped it. But then that butterfly wasn't strong enough to fly because it's through the struggles that that butterfly becomes what God intended it to be. And when you go through those times, and there's nothing wrong with, Lord, give me the patience, you know, help me to go through this, I need you, is what we're really saying to the Lord. I can't do this. And, you know, just like even this morning, like I said, I'm sitting in my office going, Lord, I don't even know if I can stand to preach this morning, you know, and I'm standing here by the power of God, you know, because... You know, God can enable us. God can help us. You know, uh, I don't mean to bring her up again, but Miss Irene, a lot of times she comes to church, she says, Pastor, I didn't really feel good this morning. But she, when she walks out the door, she always says, I am, I'm so glad I came to church today. And that, and, and God can enable us. God's presence is real. And God is wanting to, to, to bring about a change in our lives. So look at a couple of quick things here, because I want you to see this morning that his authentic presence helps us with three aspects of our lives that James talks about here in these couple verses. First of all, we mention this. He gives us patience for work. Patience for work. Now, here's a simple little definition for the word patience, and I mention it. It means to abide under. Now, no, you know, a lot of times we think, well, I don't want to be under that. Uh, I don't, yeah, don't want to go through that. But here's the key is it's not about when we're going through a trial or dealing with something very difficult that we are to abide under that trial or under that difficulty, here it is. God doesn't want us to abide under the trial. He wants us to abide under Him. Everybody hear what I just said? It's not about abiding under the trial. Lord, you know, this thing is so heavy. God says, look, I want you to abide under me. Trust me. I want you to give it to me. Uh, Again, we try our best but we can't handle certain things in life. Many things are beyond our control, are they not? And what we need is we need patience for the times that God brings or allows those things. I love this little quote. Our stability in life comes from our submission to the Lord. You're only going to be stable in life as you allow yourself to be under God. Hey, I, I think about our, our nation, one nation under God, right? Indivisible. I think they knew what they were saying when they wrote those words, is we need God. Early on, and I think I just mentioned it like a week or two ago, originally those two words, under God, weren't there. But our forefathers understood how important it was that we are a nation under God. Well, listen, as a people, we need to be under God. Uh, When it comes to trials in our lives, look, all of life, if you look at it this way, and Brother Morrow, you pray for him, he's getting ready to fly out in the morning, and I'm glad he got a chance to come home and spend some time with his family, his children, and pray for all of our military, but somebody that's in the military understands this thought that all of life is about authority and about submission to authority. Now, you you can buck it, you can try to do your own thing, but, you know, chances are, you're going to find yourselves in a lot of trouble. If you're trying to go against authorities, look, all of us have someone that we answer to. And if you say, well, not me, I don't have anybody I answer to, then you still answer to a higher authority. There is, there is all one always someone. I like what, how Peter puts it. Look there in your notes. Likewise, ye younger, look at the word, submit yourselves unto the elder, yea, all of you, all of you, Be subject one to another. And how about this phrase be clothed with humility? For God resisteth the proud and He giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Now, that one word there, especially some guys, and again, they don't understand the Bible. But they, you know, they look at their wife and they say, see right there, it says you're supposed to submit yourself, you know. But the word submit means to be clothed with humility. That's what Peter just wrote there, to be clothed with humility. It's the God resisted the proud. And look, as we submit ourselves unto God and unto His presence and wait on Him patiently when we're going through something, you know what's going to happen? We're going to be made perfect. Now, that doesn't mean sinless. That means that God is going to mature us. Uh, If you look beyond that, in the Word of God, it talks about establishing us and settling us. So many Christians are so unsettled in their lives and in their hearts. And God says, look, you just need to have patience. When I'm trying to do something in your life, let patience have her perfect work. and that's what God is saying to us is that we need to it, look this will enable us as we submit ourselves to God th- that God will help us to become what He wants us to be and look the end of it really is this that through it all God gets the glory. you know I love to see when somebody is patient with what God's trying to do in their lives and and, and, and the doctors and everybody else that they, they can't explain it. But in the end, the, the, the Christian would say, listen, to God be the glory. Great things he hath done. You know why? Because here was a Christian, a brother or a sister in Christ, who was patient while God was working in their lives. And I love what the psalmist said in Psalm 46, the beginning of that verse, be still and know that I am God. Folks, what, what is Peter, or James writing here? He's saying, look, when the trials come, give the trial to God, seek wisdom that you and I would make the right decisions. And so we need to choose to let God accomplish everything in this trial that God desires to accomplish in our lives. So one of the things James says is that we need patience for the work. But look at the second aspect he mentions is we need power for when we need power for when say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, look back in James chapter 1, and let's back up a verse. Look at verse number 2. We read it last week. But look at this verse. My brethren, count it all joy. What's that next word? When. doesn't say if, does it? It says when. Now watch this. He says, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. You know, Paul, many believe, was the writer uh, of many of the New Testament books, and Paul even said himself, look, we've got to count it all joy. I mean, we need to understand that as we go through uh, trials, it's not about our endurance, it's about the trial is about God getting the glory out of it. Again, go back to what Peter writes. Look at your notes, chapter 4, look at verse 14. He says in this verse, if ye be reproached, look at the phrase, for the name of Christ, happy are ye. How many of you, when you've been reproached, you've gone through something, you remain happy? Uh, You know, what a blessing it is that I get to go through this. You know why? Because I'm a child of God. The Bible says here, happy are ye. Now watch, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Amen. You ever see an unsaved person go through something and they're just, ah, they're just angry and bitter and blaming everybody and yelling and cursing and all that type of stuff. You know, we, my wife was, uh, was in the emergency room and, and, uh, we could just hear all kinds of stuff going on. And I look over my wife and she just laying there calm, you know, now we didn't understand everything that was going on in in her life, and why she was in there, and all that type of stuff, but there was a certain difference behind the curtain in the room where my wife was, and some of those other people that were around the same uh, area that she was in, is, is this, is that we need to count it all joy when, why? Because God should get the glory out of everything, you know, trials are going to come, and God, it needs to be glorified. When was the last time you went through a trial in your life, and God got the glory out of it? I hope that every time that you understand that if you are reproached, that happy are ye. Why? Because on your part he is glorified. I can't think of anybody that was probably more falsely accused than Jesus. I've had a lot of people say things about me in my life, and honestly, sometimes when people say some stuff, I just kind of shake my head. It's, it's not. Sometimes it's not even worth a response. But I think about how many things they said falsely about Jesus. And I, and I look at the way Jesus handled those things. Look at the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, Wherefore seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now watch that. That's all about us, right? But look at the example he gives us in the next verse looking unto Jesus. You want to know how to run your race? You want to know how to handle things? It says, looking unto Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him. I think we all know what was set before Jesus. Look, honestly, if he was God in the flesh, and he was, when he left heaven, before he left heaven, he already knew what was waiting for him when he got to this earth, right? And the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him. I don't think about the cross that way. I don't think about the beatings and the scourging and all those things that Jesus went through for me, for my sins. And the Bible says the joy that was set before him, what did he do? He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God on high. See, can you and I count it all joy? when we fall into diverse temptations, can you have that same attitude? Uh, can you have that same spirit that Jesus did? Well, look, we should be able to look back on our trials and Uh, Maybe you're going through one right now, but maybe, maybe if not, that maybe the next time something comes along in your lives, here's what you and I should do is you should be able to look back at that trial and say that it was, uh, that, that it was though uh, that I, during that time that God allowed me to come nearer to him than I've ever been before. I remember years ago, my wife and I, we, we were at a very difficult time in ministry And, uh, you know, as as a man and a woman, as a husband and wife, we, we handled it differently. But I remember as a man trying to handle certain things my way, but I remember I watched my wife as she immersed herself in the book of Psalms. She lived in the book of Psalms. And I really believe that it was the book of Psalms that got my wife through that very difficult time. She just she just dove in and lived there. And look, I think that she has mentioned many times that it was during that time that was a deep trial for us that she was closer to the Lord than she's ever been. You know, God allows things in our lives, and it's through those times, look, that we get closer to Him. You ever, you ever hear about the little boy that, and maybe this was you, that maybe you didn't, but I know I did when I was a child, uh, I had a father that that oftentimes loved me enough to to whoop me. You know, some of you understand the word whoop, all right? And a lot of times, when you're a little boy, you know, and you know what's coming, what do you do? You try to get away. And I, you know, a little boy found out that. His dad was, And his dad got a hold of him, and his dad with one hand was holding on to him, and with the other hand was trying to give it to him. And the little boy just, they kind of kept going around and around and around. But, but the little boy finally realized over time that if he got closer to his dad, his dad couldn't take as big a swing. The outcome was a whole lot better for him. And in your life and mine, we'd be a, we'd be a lot better off if we, when times of trials would come, that we would come closer to God instead of getting farther away from God. If there ever was a time that you need the Lord, it's during those times that you are waiting to let patience have her perfect work. And we need those times to be closer to the Lord. The worst times of our lives can become the greatest times. And think about Jesus again through the cross, through his suffering, through his shed blood. Jesus endured for the joy that was set before him. The Bible says in Hebrews 2, look at this. We see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him of whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory and to make the captain of their salvation, look at this, perfect through what? Sufferings. You know what God's trying to do? He's trying to mature you, but sometimes he's going to do it through sufferings, through trials. And so we need God's power for the win like Jesus. We need to be patient, abide under God, wait on him until God accomplishes his work in our lives. God will give us that power. I love what Vance Havner, the evangelist, said, we sing Christ is all I need. But we don't understand that until Christ is all we've got. When he is all we have, we understand he is truly all we need. And that's what he is. He's all we need. Christ is all we need. So look, we understand that God, through James, is telling us we need patience for the work. We need need power for the win when the trials come. But look at the third thing he helps us with is we need prayer for wisdom. We need prayer for wisdom. Again, look at verse number five. It says, if any of, any of you lack wisdom, anybody besides me lack wisdom this morning? Probably every one of us, right? So when we lack wisdom, what are we supposed to do? Ask of God. It says, that giveth to how many men? All, All. And, and how does he give it? What's the word? Liberally, right? He gives it out liberally. Look, as we come to this need of wisdom it is a subject that James will readdress, and we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks. But understand that the context here is dealing, as we've been talking this morning, with trials, with temptations, with things that we go through, and how these trials tend to, uh, Bible word here, vex us. They, 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 they wear on us, and sometimes we, as I mentioned, feel like we're over our heads when it comes to some of the trials that we're going through. And, and the reason that we're over our heads, you know why? is because when we're going through it, we lack wisdom. We become completely aware of the fact, I don't know how to handle this. I need wisdom in what to do as I'm going through this. Uh, you know, and, and some of us, we've gotten bad as Christians. When we don't know what to do, what do we do? We Google it, right? What we need to do is we need to go back to God's Word. Lord, what are you trying to do? Help me to understand, give me wisdom. To understand, Lord, I lack wisdom. What are we saying when we do that? That He's the source of all wisdom. Let him look here's what James wrote: Let him ask of God. God's the source of all wisdom. And I love the word. He giveth liberally to all men. The word there talks about this matter of generously, bountifully. God's not going to withhold from you when you ask him for something. He doesn't tell us that we come too often, and God doesn't tell us that we ask too much. You know, it's like uh, I, I saw in the news, maybe you saw it, I don't know why, but I saw this thing, you know, how at Christmas time everybody buys all this stuff, and then after Christmas is over with, you start taking everything back that you got, right? And I, I try my best not to do that, um, but, but sometimes people do. And there was a lady on the news that the news cut a hold of the story. I guess she called the news station... And uh, she, th- the story goes that she buys about $500, $530-some worth of makeup every year from this store called Sephora. Now, I've never been in Sephora, and if I wouldn't have been for the thing, I wouldn't have really known what it was, but, uh, so I can keep my man card. But, but this, this, this woman had uh, been given a bottle of perfume for Christmas. It looked like an expensive bottle, and she, uh, I guess, is allergic to either the perfume or something in it, and she knew that, so she was going to return it, but she didn't know what store it came from. So she tried to take it back to the Sephora store, and they actually banned her from the Sephora store for a whole year. And, and so she called the news station because she hadn't done anything wrong. She loved the store. She, she spends over $500 a year. Doesn't sound like a smart move on Sephora's part, I'd say that. But uh, come to find out that, that they actually have a policy that when people... Uh, I guess some people make a living out of making returns. And they, they have a limit to how many times that you can make a return. And listen, I'm going to tell you, God has no limit. You can ask of God all you want, God's not going to turn you away. Uh, if, if you need wisdom for something, God is always there. And you can, you can come boldly before the throne of God and ask. And the Bible says, let him ask. And I love the words and it shall be given. See, our God's a good God. Uh, God's never too busy for us, especially when we're going through a very difficult time. J.I. Packer said, wisdom is the power to see and the inclination to choose the best and highest goal together with the surest means of attaining it. Well, who do you think is the surest means of attaining something? God, right? God is the surest means of attaining something, and I, Paul wrote in the, in the book of Philippians, chapter one, being confident of this very thing that He, God, which hath begun a what kind of work in us, good work in us. Look at the words: will perform it until when the day of Christ. So whatever God is starting in you, when, look when a trial comes, just let patience have her perfect work. You know. Ask God to give you power and strength. You know, Look here, that the trial won't take your joy, right? And as you go through that, then we need to pray. God, give us wisdom. You know, there's a lot of essentials in life. Listen to this. If you're going to make bread, what do you have to have? Dough. If you are going to fish, you have to have bait. If you're going to speak, you have to have vocal cords. If you're going to think, <laughs> You have to have a brain. A lot of times people miss out on that one. But if you're going to drive legally, you've got to have a driver's license. If you're going to make a phone call, you have to have a phone line. If you're going to eat, you've got to have food. And if you are going to live the Christian life, you have got to have God's presence. It's an essential, folks. And listen, as we get into this study about this matter of the authentic Christian life, we have to have God's presence. In our lives and pray every day God I need you I don't know what I'm gonna face but give me patience to, to allow you to accomplish what you want to accomplish in my life Lord may I keep my joy as I go through it let's pray this morning Lord thank you for all that you're doing in our lives Lord even though we may not understand Lord there is nothing wrong with us asking you and Lord it may be that Lord help us give us wisdom to be under you as we go through this, and not think about being under the trial as we go through it. Now, bless the service to follow, and thank you for those that are here this morning, and seal the Word of God to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.